Okay, stop. 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 <laughs> stop. No, we're talking stuff. No, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> when you win a game, you can talk. So we'll play a game when we get back home. Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Undercover Network, Warhammer 40k podcast, and we're going to do things a little differently because we are here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. The Iron Halo GT is over, and we are joined by a cast of characters, and we're going to start with... Petey Pop from Chapter Tactics over at Frontline Gaming. Jason Horn with the Iron Halo. Bam with the Flying Monkeys Wargaming podcast. Yeah, Matt with the Flying Monkeys Wargaming podcast as well. Dennis from Preferred Enemies. And David also with Preferred Enemies and Renegade Open. And as always, I'm Rob from Preferred Enemies. And so, five rounds of 40K and 100 players. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I do want to apologize to the Flying Monkeys. I left them off my sponsorship packet. And, you know, Brian... Would you ever forgive me? Someday. Say no. Say no. Not today. (laughs) And I also want to apologize to the Renegade Open because I put the wrong year. (laughs) I had a lot going on last time. So what you're saying is mistakes were made, right? Mistakes were made. None in the tournament because we ran a pretty good tournament. But everything everything pre-tournament was all my fault. (laughs) Except Except inviting Brian to... Do awesome at, at Shoutcasting and Pablo's. Right. I just got to hang out with Petey Pop all weekend. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was. All right, so uh, my brain is fried, honestly. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's been a long two days. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's like, I mean, even at only five rounds, three yeah. hours around, it it's draining after a bit. Oh, even yeah. with it, the, the day of rest in between. But It was draining, but there was a lot of stuff that went well. I mean, I think we, we had, like, the lunch situation on both, from compared to last year, went really well this year. Yep. I mean, people ended at different times, so it kind of staggered everybody going out and back in. Yep, and that was so, part of the plan. Yeah. Well, and when I and when I saw you, like you had a hundred players, and I'm like, five rounds, really? You're, but I mean, with the way battle points and everything worked out, you still had a clear top yeah. at the end. So I think that's more of a myth. I, I think everybody that's always worried about that. I, I know. I just like a true undefeated <clears throat> single lone survivor person. Go play magic, sir. <laughs> Go play. Ma- I play a lot of magic. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play modern, legacy, vintage, standard. I'm going to popper, limited. The popper guy. EDH. What do you want? I'll play all the magic. They don't do baby. EDH anymore, do they? Commander. Yeah, it's called Commander. Oh, okay. Then there's a. No, don't you own a game store? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. man! man. Hurts. Never mind. <laughs> PG, Brian, PG. PG, yeah. I was oh, saying, is that thank, a thing? <laughs> thankfully, you couldn't see the way Pablo looked at me. <laughs> but just thankfully, you couldn't see Pablo. <laughs> oh, well, that's oh, it, yeah. Oh. I have a face for podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I will say an, another thing that um, YouTube podcast, or not podcast, but streamed and commentated on the top table. So how did that go for you? It was interesting. It was, uh, you know, we got to see uh, Sam twice. You know, he's, he's playing pretty much the metal lists, and it was interesting to see, you know, 
I think uh, Aaron Along came with a really interesting list that he kind of ran the meta minus the night, but said he brought Celestine and some sisters. And, you know, Pablo and I got some good discussion about what we thought was going to happen. We made predictions, and sometimes they were spot on. Sometimes it was a little bit, you know, like, oh, I wonder why they did that. And we had to talk to him after the game and interview him and talk to him about it. And it was a lot of fun. It was a new experience for me. I, I haven't shoutcasted a whole weekend before. You know, I've done a couple games with Jason in the past. And uh, Pablo and I, I think, work pretty well together. And so Pablo likes different things than I do. So it was it was complimentary and a lot of fun. I, I'm kind of interested to see how the – I think it'd be a little bit better after that FAQ. I think we'd see a little bit more variation in what people have. But – I don't know what Pablo Sauce are. Yeah, so, so, so obviously going into this, going into this, I guess, viewing season. So people are going to be watching Iron Halo. The narrative is going to be Knights. Knights showed up big at the top yeah. tables oh, in tons. general, yeah. uh, as we talked about last last or yesterday after at the end of day one. After three rounds, we had half of the players in the top were running Knights in some capacity, right? Where there, I think it was the top sixteen, eight players were running Knights. Nine players were running Imperium of some kind. It was Aaron Allen being the only Imperium player not running a Knight. So so that that's the driving narrative, I think, here. And I think it's easy to look at just the BCP rankings and say, oh, Knights dominated this meta. Right. It was easy. That's actually not true. Being I think, a shoutcaster, we, could, we actually yeah, saw a lot absolutely more. Absolutely, it's misleading. You know, Cody Milton was towards the top, and uh, he was running some chaos stuff. You know, a lot of demons, uh, Thousand Sun detachment. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned Aaron Along didn't have a knight in his list. Uh, Richard Martin was a contender and uh, like he brought tower, the, yeah. a bunch of Tau sniper drones. You know, which when you see that list, you're like, man, that's crazy. And yet he was playing it. He was playing people. You know, he was he was the last round undefeated. So there was a lot of variation towards the top. Um, there were a lot of knights at the tournament in general. But uh, towards the top, there was some variation in the list, and we, we did get to see them. Right, so. and, and one other narrative that people are going to be looking at, and, and uh, be careful not to fall in this pitfall, guys, because you guys are listening to this and you maybe weren't there, and it's easy to just say, oh, there was Castellans everywhere, it was pre-FAQ, blah, blah, blah. But actually, a BCP stat you cannot ignore, there were more points in Knight Crusaders than Knight Castellans, by like a thousand points. And what that means is, is there were significantly more Knight Crusaders than Knight Castellans at this tournament. The reason why that's important is twofold. One, maybe there were a bunch of Knight Crusaders. That's kind of cool. There weren't as many Knight Castellans because obviously the Castellans worth more points. So, so the numbers are skewed there a little, even further in favor of the Crusaders. The second is, is I think this speaks towards the post FAQ meta. Crusaders are still amazing. They didn't lose anything, really. They, they weren't spamming the House Raven strat. As Brian and I consistently said through three rounds yesterday, the Avenger Gatling Gun Relic is, is still amazing. It's still really efficient. It's still a really good relic. I think you're going to see a lot more Night Crusaders in the 40k meta. If you're planning on playing at the SoCal Open, the LVO, the Renegade Open this coming winter season, I, I think you really have to plan for Night still, and I think you really have to plan for Night Crusaders. Well, our overall winner didn't run out. Right? He, he didn't, and, and I talked to him. He didn't need, you know, he, this is his, his post FAQ list. He had two Knight Crusaders, a Knight Valiant, a Knight Stellan, and uh, I think an Armager off the side. And that list is, is nasty for any list, and the Crusaders are going to put on a lot of work. I saw a lot of lists with double Crusaders doing doing a lot of work, and I've ran that personally as well. It's really, really good. And there's a lot of shooting. And there's going to be less Castellans to fight off those Crusaders. And I think I think knights are you know here to stay. The only thing I think yeah. CP farms are obviously going to leave. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Blood Angels, of course. Well, I, I think I think that CP farm is getting neutered like that is going to be a big reason you don't see the Castellans because they're so heavy involved on the stratagems. The, uh, the Crusader, not so much. You know, it's it's decent by itself. I mean, the Castellans good by itself too. But man, it goes next level with all those stratagems that it can use, and they're expensive. They're, yeah. they're not. They'll get one or two turns, and then they're done. To be perfectly honest, the Castellan really its biggest strength is it spends five CP a turn on average. To be a not killed, so that's three because he's dominance class, and then the two for the Raven Strat, right? Yep. And he has to kill two things a turn. He's which the Raven Strat went up. So which yeah. the Raven Strat went up, so now he's six CP a turn to make him do the same thing, and you don't have farm, so you're looking at an overall about twenty eight percent increase well, in cost just to operate him, and not to get sidetracked on knights, which I think is where Pablo was going. You know, us being able to shot cast and watching the top tables and going around and see what was going on. There was a lot more going on in the top tables than just knights, you know. So oh, yeah. if you go through carefully and look at the list in BCP, um, you and know, the videos were, online, right? Iron Hill is going to post on Twitch and there, stuff. There, there were demon lists, there were towel lists. Jakari, Mike, uh, Mike yeah, Delang was, was up there. Yeah, Mike yeah. Delang was up there, you know, with a really neat Jakari uh, Eldari flyer list. Uh, so there was variety, you know, and and just because there was a lot of knights at the tournament doesn't mean there wasn't a variety list. Okay, and I will admit when we first. Cat here on Friday, and we started looking at the list that were posted and all that. We were like, oh my gosh, it's like so many knights. Because it was like, there's 25 Imperial Knight players. And it got up to, I think, almost four. Yeah, if you figure in all the people who had a knight, but it wasn't enough to be their primary detachment. And and I was concerned. I'm like, man, is it just going to be only knights? But then when we got here Saturday, I started seeing the other list that came through. And like, oh, okay, we're starting to get the variety back in there. I'm seeing the Drukhari, I'm seeing the Eldari, I'm seeing the Yanari. Uh, orcs had a representation. Nid, Nids Sisters. had a solid. Nids had Nids, solid Nids, representation. Nids surprised Nids, and there was even a few Necrons. Yeah, yeah there were a couple of Necrons. And, and, and Tau were the surprising faction coming in there. They were, they were actually the third most played faction on BCP, with Strike Squads being the third most represented unit behind Infantry Squads and Night Crusaders, which of course were yeah. number one and number two. We got the most of. Um, but yeah, uh, Tau showed up in force. There were a lot of really good player, really good players. And, uh, you know, Bam Bam mentioned. Uh, Richard, you know, showing up with Tau Sniper Jones. And I think Tau players, I, I know you guys in, in the national community feel like you're getting a bad rep and you feel like you're underrepresented, but there, there are good Tau lists. And he, he ran Fire Warriors yeah. and Sniper Jones. He didn't have a single big suit. He didn't have Riptides. He didn't have Storm nope. Surgeon. Yeah, that, when I saw his list, I was like, wow, this is totally not what yeah. you normally see out of the yeah, Tau list. And he, he just, was one, one, one chess one. clock misplay away from beating Aaron Alog. You know, it was a really good player. Yeah, it was good. He he had a very interesting list. I I'm really surprised that he did that well, but it was awesome to see him do that. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and then Aaron also. I mean, the game with Aaron and Sam that had to be one of the big upsets was the fact that they tied. And yeah, yeah. basically, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I thought there was going to be one that you know clear. You know, clear. I, know I know they're great. Oh yeah, well, they're both great players, but man, yeah. I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think if they hadn't tied each other, I think one of them probably would have won. Oh yeah, absolutely. And with no offense to Nick Weiss or, or Alan, the guy he played, um, I just I think if you if Aaron or Sam were going in there and playing either of those players, I think I'd probably favor Aaron and Sam over either. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, I, I I agree with the the whole like the variety. It's like I, and I managed to not play a single Imperium player all week. What? So, yeah. Wow. I played. Uh, oh, because you were the Imperium player. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> but yeah, I played Inari. <laughs> Two Eldari, Nids, Gene Stealer Colts, and Necrons. Yeah, and Rob, Rob did tell me he was very tired of playing against Eldar. He's like, all I do is face Eldar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I played against Night Player round one, and then one night, 
turn two, round two, and then nothing else after that. Mr. Dave over here had a pretty good outing this weekend. He sure did. did. Yes, he did. Yeah, I went four and one. Uh, The only loss I took was in round three to... Uh, Scuba Steve Eve uh, Heidemeyer Heidemeyer, yeah Or Heidemeyer He played, he played uh, pretty smart against us The board was set up a little bit in his favor Because he got to go first And hide a bunch of dudes uh, Crusaders and some scouts And a couple of characters uh, On our center objective Which was inside of a building So there was like just nothing I could do to get in there um, But he He was that was my only loss. Everything else that I played against this weekend was just, yeah. I mean, it was all good stuff. I just because uh, I I am the night jerk, <laughs> so uh, I I took uh, so I had a night crusader, four Helverins in two two squads of two for deployment, three uh, infantry squads, CP battery EHQ, two battle tank commanders, and then uh, three heavy weapon teams with auto cannons and one mortar team. So it, it's not a huge list, but a lot of my opponents made the mistake this weekend. And this is the, actually, this is the sleeper unit that I think people should be actually worried about. Helverins. Oh, God, yes. Every single one of my games that I won, my opponents ignored the Helverins. Uh, I mean, the Eldar, they don't, they eat everything for breakfast, but in particular, the Eldar for breakfast. So oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. In our area, we, we go for the Helverins first. Yeah, you have time. to. Yep. You have to. They're wi- they are 30 points cheaper than if you were to try to field two Predators with the same autocannon. You have to shoot that. And they are they are tough to shoot at as well, be, relatively speaking, for their points. They're 174 points. You get 43 shots out of them at strength 7, minus 1, for 3 flat damage yeah, that's, every hit. It's the 3 damage. It's oh just my God. killer. It, well, it's not just that. It's the fact that it's 5 feet. Yeah. My last game, I played against a guard artillery battery. Let's see. Yeah, he had one... one. What's the one with four missiles? God. Manticore. Right. Mag- yeah, he had a Manticore, and then he had three Basilisks as his back-end long-range shooting. What he didn't appreciate was the fact that the Hellbarons would have five-foot range and 14-inch movement. I was touching his back line with fire on turn one. And that was on Vanguard. And he had it in the back corner thinking, yeah, this is going to be safe. I'll get at least one or two turns out of my artillery. Nope. I ripped two of it. I ripped two of his, uh, two of his basilisks out from under him immediately. And his artillery was just neutered to that point. My knights had immunity throughout the rest of the game. There was nothing he could do. Because all he brought was a couple of smash captains and uh, just a ton of guard infantry. Right? He brought a brigade of guard infantry. Unfortunately for him, his smash captains both bounced off my crusader because I gave him uh, sanctuary instead of taking the relic gantling. I have a pinball in close combat. And ding ding really ding! Good. Oh, I love Rotate it. Rotate to a four. Boom. Yeah. I think Robbie were doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all and, the time. And his smash captain came in and was like, "Thunk, thunk, thunk!" I got, I got three through. All right, uh, none. <laughs> you, ta- I take nothing. Thanks. What, for you, what you can't see is because Dave is so animated. There was hand action. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There's hand action here. Mr. Radio experience. <laughs> oh, the jabs already. Hey man, y'all here is an audience too, of course. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so but no, uh, so it was it, it was very unfortunate for him that that happened. Um, it, even though it also happened to uh, Steve in our game three, his Castellan just went banana pants on turn three. Picked up three of my hell barons and both, of, and then uh, the next turn picked up uh, both my tank commanders, and that really broke my back. And that 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 turned three and four. But on turn one and two, oh, did it not look good for Steve? I made him pick up 
75% of his models on wow. turn one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Here's so another. to his credit, he battled back from a really crappy position. So, I, I, no, any, anybody Steve think, is what I call a sneaky. Sneaky Steve, indeed. Yeah, he, you know, he certainly came back and earns that name. Man, that, and, and I have to hand it to him. He played through his first, after the first round when I made him pick all that up, he looked so defeated. Like the kind of defeated that you get that if this were a friend, a quote unquote friendly game at the shop, I'm sure he'd have just said screw it. And he wore the face. Yeah, he yeah. wore it because I looked over at one point in time and saw he's a teammate of mine. And uh, I was like, oh, Stevens were in the face. And, and he's, he said people were coming by and like, oh, he lost the, the Kisellan and like automatically assuming he lost the game. Yeah. And uh, he said people were shocked to hear that he won it after the fact. So. Yeah. yeah. I was shocked that he won it after the fact. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, that guy's a hell of a player. He's, he's, he's a great player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, he can play his way out of the whole most instances. So, yeah. yeah. And he did. And that's exactly what he did here. Which, by the way, goes that I want on the part of uh, Steve is do not give up the game until the clock ends or the last die is rolled. Do not ever ever give up. There is almost always a path to victory. You have to take it. If you're playing David Armand. <laughs> yeah. Damn! Oh, well, savage. Or, or the preferred enemies is what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah. In general, right? Last year I did play David and, and he beat me. He did beat you. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and this year... So, so with the did. same thing would have happened. So speaking <laughs> of this year, Dennis, Dennis, Rob, and Matt, how'd you guys do? Well, let's go to Matt. Uh, so, so you, Dave went 4-1. and one. Yep. yep. So we're we'll going to Matt. I went... Two, two, and one. I uh, lost my first two games. Got tabled both games. That was rough. Nights and nights, and I could not roll anything but ones and twos to save my life. Well, there, well there's a missing narrative here because one of them was on stream. Yeah, I was on stream. <laughs> I was on the stream round one. Yes, against Andy Cole, great player, great guy. Yes, and uh, I, I did make some mistakes. I made a couple mistakes. This mistakes were made. There was yeah. I miss. I made a mistake by giving him the ghost kill. I should have deployed it a little bit further back, and then Speaking I should not have. I should not have fired Overwatch on the Styrix. I because I blew it up and then it killed six units. I can't. I can't come back from that. Well, I have nothing else. You also had your Tower of Doom with like everything in it. I did. Well, to be fair, with the objectives being here and there, there were three objectives. <laughs> Where am I supposed to put them? So, so here's <laughs> like, what. So, so the gallant went into the Tau gun line first. Yeah. Died. Blew up. Killed all of Matt's marker light HQ choices. And, and the warlord and and the warlord Ooh. killed four units and then whittled a bunch of the fire warriors down. Yep. And then the Styrix came in for dessert, blew up on on Matt said uh, <laughs> Riptide Overwatch, oh rolled double box cars for its range, and blew up everything, and killed uh, Ra- it was uh, the bad Riptide. Touch. Yeah, Tau Commander. Um, and then a bu- two squads two, of fire two squads of fire that were going to go down and be right. on the objective. Just, just basically yeah. every basically yeah. everything. It's weird that you lose two riptides before you lose all your sh- uh, your your drones. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, was, they blew up. Okay, I still got drones over there. It was. Touch. What wow. are they going to do? <laughs> it, was, it was one of the, it was yeah. one of the crazier things I've seen on stream. Yeah, it was. But then I you know went to the kitty tables, played on the the uh, padded floors. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> and uh, I like that room. Shut up. <laughs> hey, those <laughs> floors are great. I'm not. I'm that's, complain. that's like a fun room to relax. Yeah, you can take like, off your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Walking around and you don't have to worry about back pain or anything. Take off your shoes. I didn't last. <laughs> he last he was barefoot in day two. I, shit, I was barefoot in the main hall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so no, then I played. Uh, I won my next two games and I took a draw in the last round. So two, two, and one. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. But 
Had I known, we probably wouldn't have drawn in the last one if we were going to be only five points down on losing best team. That, that hurt. Hey, uh, for the record, that was posted on our website. If you didn't read, I read gave it, up reading your website when you didn't post your sponsors on there. <laughs> oh, 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 get out of here. It is there. It wasn't. Blind Monkeys is there. Was it in the primer? Was it in the packet? Nah. You know what? Is it still 2017, David? Do you know? Is it 2017? No, I think this is, yeah, this is 2018. Thank, so, thanks, Dave. Well, the bunch of people show up last year. We're going to do time traveling to go back last year. Hey, I'll be at the Renegade last year. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, man. Hi, yeah. Rob. All right, so I ended up... I, I, first off, I'm part of the problem. I took nights. <laughs> <laughs> including a Crusader. And this was your first time using nights. And this was my first time using nights. In fact, this was my first... These were my first five games using three nights. So... Because I was building and painting two of them like last or this week, so wow, nice. First game was against uh, Bruce Merker from the Dallas Open GT, who ended up taking second place overall. So, and if you asked him, he would tell you my dice went ice cold, like at like so like first round. He basically like he throws everything he can into the webway, and the train on the table was such he could put everything else out of line of sight. So my first and I got first turn, but. My first turn's pretty much wasted. There's nothing for me to shoot at. Set, you know, his first turn, everything comes in, starts lighting up knights, and he's running Inari, so he's hitting me a shining spear, soul bursting them out of line of sight, stuff like that. So, and that, and a couple of units of dark reapers. You know, my knights started melting down pretty fast. And between that, Jinx, Doom, Guide. I mean, there's not much I can do about that. But my my turn two, I've got my Crusader up. He's got everything lined up right in front of me. I've got the the Relic uh, Icarus Cannon, so I should have no problem taking out like one or two of his Ravagers this turn. So I'll start with the Adventure Gatling Cannon. One, 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 two, two, two. <laughs> yeah, it, and basically, I scored four points all game. <laughs> Before I was tabled on three. <laughs> That's impressive. But, uh, yeah. We yeah. should have given you the spoon. <laughs> no, no, because I, I. So my next two games I lost, but it was by a much cl- closer margin. And then day two, I'm, you know, I'm. So at the end of round one, I'm up on the loft on the, the very bottom table <laughs> and lost there. <laughs> but scored enough points to make it to the gym. So I was okay, in the kitty room. Yeah. <laughs> I lost there again. Then this morning came in, played against uh, Necron. Yeah, played against Necron. It was on Raking. Oh, Raking. Raking. He had like you know, Tesseract Vault come in, tons of shooting, but it was all strength fives and six shooting, so most of it wasn't going to do much to my knights. He moves the Tesseract Vault up and like sets it on top of some can terrain, real close to my gallant. Rush over, devastating reach. I'd already put a few wounds on it. Hit it with the chain sword, 18 wounds, death grip. Mm. And just held on, and he could not break out of it. And then losing that, the momentum of the game completely switched. And uh, and then won my last game against Eldar again. So so ended up ended up uh, you know, two and three, and I know David and I, you were talking to me, and if I if that first if I had been basically playing anybody but Bruce and my yeah. <laughs> I probably I might have, I might have been able to pull out game one and then end it with a three and two, but uh, two and three. I'll live with it. Which then takes us to Dennis. Yeah, Hi Dennis. <laughs> How you doing, Dennis? We saved the fun. best. Oh, I for do. Last. I do want to actually say one thing. Somehow, with all the knights out there, I managed best of faction Questor Imperialis. I don't know. Because <laughs> everybody else paints like shit. <laughs> hey. that, no, that, that is actually exactly accurate because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not. 
right in the junk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we have the data to prove it. I mean, so the way we scored the Iron Halo is uh, battle points and sportsmanship and painted were equally measured. So people liked you and you painted well. Yeah. Hey, I'll David was an asshole, I heard. Is that right? Is that... Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I played the guy who got one best sport third round, and he didn't hate me, so I don't know. <laughs> Were you giving out cigars? He was, he was acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Apparently not. But but yeah, so I was I was completely surprised by that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally happy, and I... I have to give praise to Alex Hunt, who has been teaching me how to paint. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I messaged him, like, you'd be proud of me. I followed your instructions and went best of a faction with it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Alex does amazing work. He's done uh, charity nights and armies for the okay. Open for the yeah, last for Midwest three years. And he does fantastic work. Like, he is extremely good at weathering effects and basing material building. And it it, it just shows, like... Let me be perfectly honest, the Night Crusader that I have was not done by my own hands. It was, in fact, done by Mr. Alex. Was Hunt. that the replacement for the one you lost at Midwest? <laughs> lost slash stolen, I don't know which. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, it was. But anyway, it managed to come away with uh, Best in Faction, so I, I, I'm really happy with that. So, Dennis, you didn't come away empty-handed either. No, we'll get to that. Yeah, right first, now. No, well, first off, um, when the pairings first went up on Saturday morning... I was actually excited for a minute. Then you guys said, well, the pairings aren't finalized. So then I was like, uh, what? And that was one reason. Last year, Dave here brought Space Marines with Grey Knights. And we played. And the Grey Knights were fun to play against because thematically, Grey Knights versus Slanesh Demons. It was a great matchup. Well, not exactly Not great for, me, for you. You lost I mean, horribly. <laughs> but it was, it's thematically fun. So when I was going through the list, I'm like, well, there's one pure Grey Knights player. And I got to be matched up with them. And then after the pairings got redone, I was still matched up with them. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to be. And it was awesome. I lost horribly because Grey Knights just <laughs> you threw demons. You guys pushed him pretty bad. <laughs> and you also forgot about a strategy. I did forget about yeah, the strategy. I was strategy. just going to say, you totally forgot about getting back your dudes. Yeah, well, it never comes up because I never play Grey Knights. Well, you know. Now yeah. you, and now you know. Now, now, now I will you know. always remember to spend my two command points to bring back my 30 um, unit of demonettes. Because I didn't do that, and I should have, because his whole army was just Grey Knights. We don't have any Grey Knights players, but Richard, who's kind of had them on the shelves for a while. Which, for a reason. Okay. <laughs> so They're, They need him. Okay. Yeah. So, There's a reason they didn't get an FAQ in the most recent <laughs> of FAQs. There's a reason that they haven't gotten an FAQ in two years. <laughs> like, book it, done. We're, this is as good as it gets. So, no. so, so then I get to face off Necrons. Well, as a Slanesh, I have like an assaulty army. And, well, this Necron army was all fly, except for a cryptic. So I could get up there, and then he'd just back up and shoot me. And then I could get up there, and then he'd just back up and shoot me. I would say the Demon Princes and Keepers of Secrets, when they got into his lines, would tons, tons of damage, but if I didn't wipe out a whole squad, like, oh, he was down to one um, destroyer? They all come back. And no, only four came back. Uh, only four? <laughs> only four. <laughs> wow. <laughs> In a unit of five, only four came. No, in a unit of six. Oh, oh that's the that's one. Missed one. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it, I'll say that one was another, it was a fun game. I, I was at a disadvantage, but it was still fun. I will say the smite changes really hurt Slanesh. Well, it's because you got nothing else going for you in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's because I, I viewed smite as my shooting attacks, and now it's like my shooting, it's like, 
So it's like, like your ballistic skill going yeah. two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, each, yeah, tau, each unit, your ballistic skill goes one higher. It's like, no, yeah, no. yeah that would be bad, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Uh, but this, this trend continues. Yeah. So, well, I got to play against Death Guard, um, third round, and that's where I learned the, the pain of blight grenades and having a stratagem and stuff to mm-hmm. make squads of blight grenades that just made things go away. <laughs> And how bad did you lose that game? How pretty bad. How, yeah. how bad? Uh, how bad? How bad? Uh, that, that would be 30 to 10. Well, that's like most of my losses. Don't yeah, it's like... <laughs> I just hand-waved that one. Oh, yeah. But the thing I'll say that was neat about that one was... That was... I'm going to push it, but it was a young kid. Which I thought was awesome that you guys had, like, kids in here playing along yeah, with Yeah, there was else. a nice age range of players. I mean... It, it, it really shows you how, how wide the community is, how big the community is. It's really cool. A father brought his three sons uh, from Oklahoma City, and then another dad drove all the way from San Antonio with his son. And the coolest thing is he got to sit down and eat some, uh, hang out <laughs> with them over lunch, and uh, his son was part of the, the Texas team, and his son was wearing the uh, this little sash that said... Uh, Last dance party, or, or like bottom table queen. Bottom table queen. <laughs> oh, that was so good. And he was the one who won the tournament. He got the best overall. Right, Nick Vice? No, 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 no. That's where Jim that was another, that was another yeah. father. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Right, right, right. That's in the Warhawks in North yeah. Dakota. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a stacked team. The Warhawks. They're always a good team, though. They always show up. They play like five times a week. Right. But I just thought it was really neat seeing like that age range at an event. And so I encourage people, I mean, because the game's only going to get better if you get new people into it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, this is not related to my games, but the guy who won, that was his first GT. Yeah, this is his first major first ever. Major. Yeah. That's awesome. That was, yeah. Yep. So did you just do that well? So shout out to him. Day two, it's like brand new day. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> brand new day, not new dice, not new army. Yeah, not new day. This spoiler Well, the audience okay. was so excited about that. <laughs> new day, he's gonna win one. I didn't say that part. I said just new no, day. Fair. <laughs> also, they had dicks. So. But okay, so we talked about all these nights. I have not played any single nights, and hey, I you got your wish. I got my. I get to play a pure night list. Yeah, all yeah, nights. Yeah. Malt once. Yep. Yeah. Two armatures, uh, Valiant. It was, it was two armatures, yeah, Valiant, and two Crusaders, Gatling Cannon, Battle Cannon, and then one of them with the Relic. And he was a Knight Valiant. Yeah. yeah. And he was Mechanicus with Volker? Yeah, House Volker. House yep. Volker. That actually played really strong for him because... Exploding shots. Well, that, but more importantly, the re-rolling ones. Because Overwatch, I, I started, I learned after the first time, start charging with my... Almost closest one, and do that one first to absorb the Overwatch, so he can't reroll the ones. And it took me one time to learn that, but um, yeah, it did not go well because I got—I actually got to go first. This is my only game I go first in the entire tournament. Warlord Keeper Secrets rushed up there, got into his Warlord turn one, only took it down like a third of the way. Seekers were up there; they did nothing because knights have really a lot of good toughness and saves. Um, other side of the board, it kind of just hid. Um, he then concentrated all his stuff, killed off my keepers, killed off my princes. But my left hand side, I blew up two armatures. I blew up the. Um, you actually surrounded the valiant with like seekers, so he couldn't get away. Yep. 
So and I took care of that side of the board. But the bad thing about that side of the board was um, who talked about exploding things exploding on him? Right, right. Oh yeah, things blowing up. Yeah, yeah. it hurts. When, when his armature blew up, it kid. Or no, wasn't the armature? It was the value? No, when his armature oh, blew when the, up. Oh, okay. When the armature blew up, it did eleven mortal wounds to me <laughs> because I had so many squads around it. Then when his uh, Valiant blew up, it did 12 mortal wounds did, to me. Did it do the double, ex- like, did yeah. both reactors explode? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I took, and I took 12 mortal wounds to that. So that army did 23 mortal wounds to me. By the, dying. By dying. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I don't even know how many it did for see the blue up on me, man. It was close to that, though. And then so, your round was, five was against Ray, the same Necron player. <laughs> the Necron player you played, and that's where I, this is my first game against a Tesseract Vault. And I got to learn how nasty they are because top of one, both my thirty demonette squads were just vaporized. Well, and he also said afterwards that his list was built to kill horde lists. Yeah, and I'm a horde list, so it did its job. <laughs> and, and like the weakness of my army is if you shoot at it, and it is crazy. <laughs> if only that wasn't a phase of the game, Dennis. <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I see in your future. It's a different game. <laughs> One where there's less shooting. Maybe and you you've got a Sigmar. box for it, too. Yeah, you have the models you, you, you for it. You could try Sigmar. <laughs> you could take your army or drop contact. it right into Sigmar and you'd be fine. Unfortunately, you are correct. <laughs> but no, I'll probably... Um, actually, the main reason I've played Slanesh the past two years is... Two and a half years, when I was at Renegade, uh, Games Workshop put the um, Juan Diaz, Demonettes, and Seekers back up for like a major Less order sale. And I bought a bunch of them. Like, okay, I've bought these. I need to actually play them. I think they've now run their course until Slanesh gets <laughs> until they get something, which yeah. is is soon. Hopefully, and, and rumor says soon. But until then, I, I might like dust off, bring out some Eldar, bring out maybe I'll actually do an Imperium. Oh my gosh, did I say yeah. that? Yes, you did. <laughs> so I, I'm probably try something else. Slanesh has probably run its course for now, but I'll still be yeah. hopeful yeah. that they get. You're skipping the most important. Part. Oh, okay, what's the most important? We're sure Jason say the most important part. Jason, you want to say the most important part? Uh, yes, uh, for the <laughs> 2018 winner of the Wooden Spoon, De- everybody give a round of applause to Dennis Wise. And what he's trying to say there is, out of the um, 100 players minus the one that dropped, I took 99th or dead last. But I played all my games. I had fun with my opponents, and it, I was an enjoyable time, even though I, I did not win a game. Yeah, and I also got tabled every game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that, but yeah. <laughs> my, my two felt bad. That that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's also why I'm probably going to retire Slanesh a little bit until fair. they get yeah, buffed fair. up. I mean, yeah, they don't have they don't have a whole lot. Going like like I said, it was like I like said someone else it was like um, playing Madden and setting it on a high difficulty setting and choosing the Browns as your team you're going to play through with. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> hey, this year though, maybe year, right? They're, they're doing a lot better. Browns <laughs> any year but the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and it's still it's the Browns and not the literally most losing franchise in all of professional sports. Give it up for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah. So I know I'm the the, the competitive podcast tactics guy, <laughs> but can we give a moment to talk about Cam's chaos list that won best painted? Oh yeah, sure. oh, please. My that God. thing was oh, gorgeous. So, so yeah. beautiful. So I, I I convinced him to come to the LVO. Told him you have to come to Delvion and show that that army off. And I'm an ultramarine player, and it, it just it warms my my tactics, my cold tactics, 40k, not hobbying heart. You know, th- this model I had a, had a Hell Drake, Magnus, Mortarian, 
um, a bunch of corn berserkers. And its theme was was that they were, they worshipped corn. They would collect the skulls of their enemy, and when they did that, they were able to release their enemy's spirits, and then the spirits are what they used to fight. And so all of his models were missing their skulls. Like, his Mortarian was missing his head, and it was just a hooded Mortarian with a black spot where the hood was. Magnus was wearing a mask. All of his uh, berserkers were were either wearing uh, masks or helmetless. It was a really cool theme, and it had the back, it had the painting and and all that to back it up. He, you know, he had like spirit hosts everywhere. He had a bunch of ultramarines getting like ripped apart, their skulls ripped out, blood and everything. All this is featured on the thing. The coolest thing about it is Magnus. Taking apart Gilliman telepathically and like stretched and out, stretch, stretching Gilliman out from from helmet to boots. You know, Gilliman being basically ripped apart out of his armor. Magnus is doing this psychically. I this army is is amazing. It's I call it Magnus's fantasy because that would never ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, I, Jason, did you get some pictures of it? Uh, yes, I have, I have pictures of it we as well. We have pictures. We have yeah. a professional photographer take them, so we'll be yeah. posting them online. Yeah, Cam Hawkins did a fantastic, fantastic yes. job with that. I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of beautiful armies in my four or five years of 40K, and this was probably my favorite in terms of just overall everything. It was, it was really pretty, and I, I normally don't do this, but I want to give a big shout-out. Well, and, you know, to everybody, like, who got the top three, like, Mike Horner, his Imperial Guard army was, you know, on this huge, like... Death Corps Creek. Yeah, Death Death Corps Creek on this, like, double or triple wide board. It's like a six-foot display board. That's huge. Yeah. It's uh, awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wynn had a, had an awesome destroying army with the Eyes of Corals. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the three super heavy guard tanks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, in the end, like, I... I yeah, cams because it was beautifully painted. Like some of the freehand details, like on the wings of the Helldrake, all the the modeling details, and also like his display. Like, the others were great, but the thing that really got me about cams is how his display board told that story. Because like up the very front of it, he's got a trench with ultramarines in it, like taking fire at these guys. But then, yeah, you've got like all the characters interacting with, like you know, tearing these marines apart and stuff. So it's like you can see the narrative going on. I mean, that's the kind of like it's the kind of diorama you would see at Warhammer World. It's, it was that quality, you know. And it was really interesting. We did uh, so the way we did best painted at the Halo was uh, we critiqued like the judges critiqued, and then we took the top five of the critiquing, and we said, "All right, players, now you vote on the top five and see, you know, who you want to be best painted." And the really cool thing is that in our in the judge's heart, Cam literally, almost literally scored a perfect, gave a perfect score to painting. Yeah, I think the only thing that was missing was he was missing, like, banners or something. You know, something something in the paint rubric, you're like, oh, you don't have any of these, you don't get these points. So, not a perfect score. But he literally could have added, like, two models to that ar- to the army and gotten a perfect right. score. It would have been great. Exactly right, Pablo. And the really cool thing is that we had 50 players vote for the best painted, and Cam received 24 of those votes. He he earned every single one of them. (laughs) I mean, that's wow, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that army deserves it though. He did great work on that thing. It was gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, I mean, just goes to show like how like how much can go just. How much the ho- how far you can go with the hobby and, and taking that and how how important a part of the hobby it is and as you know as was pointed out a lot of the top armies were also still really well painted too just you know per- top performing armies so like you can tell the people have put care care into the game absolutely so 
this one thing that was interesting about this event was also because the big FAQ was released at the very end of September, it didn't make your cutoff for the event. So this was kind of like the last hurrah <laughs> of, you know, pre-big FAQ 2 play. How, I mean, we we've, I think we've hit on a couple of things like, uh, I don't know if we did, did we do that before recording, but like talking about how, like what would big FAQ 2 have changed at this event? How much, how much would the environment change with some of those some well, things we saw farming in full effect. Oh my oh, god, yeah. that was, it was yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Sam, Sam Henley at one point when he was playing Aaron mm. went down to two command points, went back up to eight command points, and Aaron Alon was stuck at a hard twenty. He just had twenty one command points starting yeah. off. Like the lowest he ever got was like fourteen. Right, and then the only reason they lost our losing command points was. The final turn, both of their warlords died. <laughs> it's not like those engines just goes away. Yeah, they spent all their command points in their final turns. And, and Aelong even still had like four command points left after all of that. And it's just the the command point thing. It, when you're Imperium, if you're rolling hot, or anyone who to take advantage of that and you're rolling hot, your army's efficiency just goes way, 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 way up. Well, I, I think a lot of people are going to have to learn how to play resource management because they've, mm-hmm. they've gotten such a habit of, of relying on that for everything. And so it's going to shake some things up. I actually look forward to it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to change a whole lot for the Xenos players, but for the no. Imperium, it's going to be yeah. a big deal because they have so many ways and they're on five. I, I think Xenos you like, see some people drop. Them oh, I, I absolutely, I, you know, I think Smash Captains are great, but bringing that Blood Angel Rolling too, that's, I don't think you're going to see quite as many of those. Yeah, especially with the changes of the fly keyword. Yeah, fly um, keyword changes a lot. Well, one thing that I think that's going under everyone's radar mm-hmm. right now is the FAQ's uh, effect on the Chaos Space Marine Codex. So oh. I, had a, I had a friend who plays, dear, dear friend of mine, very competitive guy, knows what he's talking about, um, go over me. He's like, Pop, the I think the Heretic Astartes Codex is now one of the worst codexes, like radar right level. Absolutely. And I was like, I was like, Bullshit. Or excuse me, BS. <laughs> well, edit that. The kids yeah. aren't here. We're good. I was like, no. But ask Matt. I've been saying that. Yeah, yeah. He, he really has. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he listed every single unit in that codex to me and asked me just flat out. It was a competitive note. I said, no, 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 no. Cultists, maybe. You know, but they don't, they, they don't, they're not Alpha Legion anymore, so, yeah, so their they're biggest claim I don't know that, yeah. So, so I think you're going to see... the only thing cultists are now good for is clearing other screens with vets of the water. Right, and now Death Guard thousands have warp time, or I guess yeah. Death Guard don't have warp. I, I think one of those, they can either take warp time from the Chaos Space Marine Codex or something. Right, yeah. that's, so how, that's how Death Guard gets it. Basically, yeah. that's all you're going to need the Chaos Space Marine Codex for now that the Alpha Legion yeah. stratagem is nerfed. And um, that's that to me as a as someone who likes the diversity. That's very very concerning because that Chaos Space Marine Codex was the powerhouse codex for a long time. It was one of the original codexes that came out, yep. and now you know Guard are next, right? So, so Space Marine, Grey Knights, Chaos Space Marines are all all outdated, not good codexes anymore. Now um, Guard are next, Tower already started kind of to look. I think Tower good, but I know a lot of Tower players don't feel that way, and, yeah. and I see the reason for that. Um, so I want to see what GW's next move is with Chapter Approved or with their releases, because these old codexes are now starting to show their wear and tear, and the Guard Codex is, is literally one infantry squad point adjustment away from being irrelevant. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're not wrong. You know, uh, and that, that, the change to the uh, Alpha Legion and the Raven Guard, that, that was one of those, why was this change? It really didn't, you know... 
it, I don't feel like it was broken to begin with, to be honest. Like, yeah, you saw it out of every, every Chaos player was running Alpha Legion and Raven Guard as their Space Marines, right? But That's because of all that was out of the book. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, it wasn't something that was completely broken or it wasn't something that was, you know... When, when did it, when's the last time you saw an Alpha Legion and Raven Guard win a major event? I mean, it, it wasn't there. I, mean, I don't even think it was good. It was it was competitive, but I, I don't, I don't even know if you seen... could call it a gateway army. Exactly, like yeah, it was. You know, yeah, you it, keep... but nope. you know, it just it came in, and that coupled with them taking the step back on the deep striking and reserves coming in. I don't know. I, I thought personally, for, at least for our meta in the Midwest, I thought you know we probably should have gone back towards the way it was originally. You know, make people think about their deployments more. Make stuff be able to come in across the board turn one. And now it's you don't get nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> well, and I'll, I think it also says something about how fast. I mean, because of the release schedule that they've had, how fast this minute has changed. When we're talking about like last edition, we'd be talking about yeah, this book came out like here. There are books that aren't competitive because they came out ten years ago. Now we're talking about books that aren't competitive because they came out uh, eighteen months ago. Right. And there's been so much stuff released then, and the power creep's been there. You can't deny it. So, and oh, it's just it has. well, because like a lot of the the later codexes, it's Space Marines plus all this extra stuff because it's so much stuff that's recycled yeah. from other codexes. Oh, well, yeah, just look at Blood Angels and Death Watch as compared to Codex Marines and Dark Angels. Yeah, the the amount of changes that are just incrementally, like not overwhelmingly powerful, but incrementally more powerful than their predecessors is just extremely telling when you look at what units get taken from which books and how many of them and why. Right? And I think it's a little misleading there, Dave, because I do agree with you to an extent, but I don't think Space Wolves are more powerful than Dark Angels or, or Blood Angels, but the reason why I still agree with you and your sentiment is the Space Wolves Codex is by and far one of the most original Astartes Codexes. Yeah. You know, with the sagas alone. Yes, I love the, the, oh, the, the ones. Yeah, I love the ones I had to print off the internet. Yes. Because they, <laughs> they weren't enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the point is, is, and Death Watch too, Death Watch a lot of cool, got a lot of cool, unique stuff, flavor added them that I felt like the Dark Angels and Blood Angels kind of lacked. I mean, besides the Blood Angels, we're going to get you, turn one <laughs> stuff. I didn't really get much else in terms of flavor, so I, I I do I do hope that GW looks back at these original codexes and it start it's starting to feel like like maybe GW uh you know the GW created these codexes like four years ago or like the Space Marine Codex, the Grand Echoes, Astro Ball Codex, like year a year before the Orc well not the Orc Codex, the Space Wolves Codex, the Death Watch Codex. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you kinda kinda see that a little bit, a little bit of a timeline there. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, I've just got a really well-educated hunch. Uh, other, other than that, I'm excited for Orcs. Orktober is coming. The FAQ is already here. Uh, and and I think as long as GW keeps those does something for those codexes, either in chapter approved or maybe in new codexes or with releases, uh, I th- I'm really excited for what the meta is going to look like coming LBO. Yeah. I'm excited for the Orc Codex. Uh, I'm not excited for all of the Orc speak that's going to be on Facebook and everything. Uh, <laughs> we're all adults. We don't need to speak like, you know. <laughs> I give, give them this for a while. They've been waiting. No. They've been waiting. So. They, they no. haven't waited a while. GW already beat you there, Matt. I know. It's hard. It's hard. I try to just keep away from it. But I am excited for the Orc Codex. I'd like to see what they do. I'd like to see, you know, Mobs Boys come back and have some good stuff. It's it's it, Orcs are one of those staple armies that, like, when I got into 40K, you'd always see them everywhere. Every yeah. every edition they were they were decent right, right. They were, they, there were some questionable parts but uh, 
But you don't see them. I've seen maybe two in every tournament I've been to. One, and there was one, it, one at Halo this yeah. year. Yeah, just one. Like you don't see more than that. And it's it's the it, it's the hardcore fans that are still yeah. keeping yeah. alive. Yeah. And if you if you listen to any of the playtesters, any of their their Facebooks, their streams, their you know episodes and all that, uh, Reese, Reese in particular is they're all excited for the York Codex. Oh, nice. Every everyone who, who's seen it, everyone who can talk about just a little bit of it has said that the York Codex is, is going to shake things up and it's going to be great. And I, for one, am really excited for that. Uh, also, did you guys watch that commercial? Yeah. The, the, the one the Orc players have been waiting and, and you know, which I'm talking about, Matt? No, I don't. Oh, my gosh. If you get a chance, go to GW. Is, look the one, up. is it one with the old buggy? No, no, it's no, not. Or the is it the new one? Like, is it the, the flight? Re- it's it's the flight redirect. It's like, yeah, it's like it, it's just a bunch of real people, and, and it's so I, it's hard to explain. But it's like one of those feel goody, feel goods like airline commercials that you'd get. That's like the world. We're all connected, and and we're doing these amazing things. And it's like this kid being cured of cancer, or like you know, like this little what? child building like a robot. You know those commercials yeah. that. Really Grab build you up and make you. Like, yeah. right, but, but we right. lost our wings. Yeah, but we, we never forgot wings. how to fly. And then and then or codex. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. We, we will have to go watch it. Well, and yeah, I mean, definitely, I haven't seen. It. I'll have to go look that up. And also, I'm just excited to see all the new buggies that they're having come out with like, those speed models. Freaks, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, those models. Oh, yeah. so oh. can I ask you a question, Pablo? Then sure, uh, sure, sure. Orcs on 32 millimeter bases. You know, I don't know. Um, I would, I would probably say GW has messed up things in terms of what they've shown to people before. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything you see on the Warmer community page, guys, I would not take anything they do. So this isn't a confirmation or no. denial. Well, what I can say is I've actually like I talked with Chris Peach at LVO right we were during one of the painting sessions, and I asked because it's like. I remember when the painting handle came out and it showed them like with the Lord of Contagion on a 40 mil base because that was like the largest it held. I'm like, but you put him on 50 mils, he doesn't actually work on there. And he's like, well, at the time that the model or that the painting handle was designed, that was the size the base that thing was going to be on. And then somebody else decided they know it looks better on a 50 mil. We'll release it on a 50. Yeah. So yeah, it's based on what looks what looks visually appealing to them. It doesn't necessarily reflect how it's sure. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just I was just a curiosity yeah. because I know there's been a lot of talk on Facebook of if they do change it to 32, like are people going to enforce that? Is that going to be a big thing that comes out? And you know, there's there's been quite some argument in uh, the ITC <laughs> organizers page specifically that right. there's just uh, so. Yeah, okay, ahead. so I understand. So just to put this to rest now, guys, don't don't make any assumptions. Don't start ripping your orcs off twenty eight millimeter bases until uh, GW comes with a new orc comes out with a new orc boys kit. If they do and puts orcs on thirty two millimeters, like just just don't worry about it. And even then, like Reese still hasn't rebased his his gigantic Space Marines army. You know, he just started a new one. But but the point there being is is people. People aren't going to rebase entire armies, especially orc players. Like you know, they're not going to rebase thousands of boys. And GW knows this. You know, GW they know they know what's up. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, if you want to put your orcs on thirty twos now, I'm not going to stop you. But for those of you who are, who are crying out like foul and, and we have to do this stuff, and GW's a money grabber. Like just you know, don't worry about it. It's not. It's really is a bigger deal than it's. The internet's making a bigger deal than it is. I think. Sure. Yeah. 
And I, and I can see that. That's you know. Yeah, and we haven't seen anything like a 40k equivalent of that, like Age of Sigmar. Here's all the recommended base sizes because right. I the, really like to see that. I would I really love would. to see that. And the biggest reason for that is you know you can fit a lot more 28 mil bases in close combat than you can 32. Yeah, that's that's my own big reason. Right now, the only stipulation out there that is a and this is just a recommendation, not a a statement of do this. So, uh, ETC has their own guidelines for bases, right? Now, Age of Sigmar, they have recommended base sizes, but GW, of course, still uses the same phrase, use whatever came in the kit, right? And I think that's honestly the right answer. So, if it's something that could have come in the kit, just go with that. Just go with that. And if you want to go to a different size for any thematic reason, any, you know... You feel more comfortable with your game's reason? Fine, do it. But there's not... I don't think we're ever going to see a hard and fast rule about that out of GW. Well, and, you know, most events have general guidelines on, you know, basing and obviously modeling for advantage of this or that. Like, nobody's taking term, old old metal Terminators on 25 bases, 25 mil bases to tournaments or anything like that. So, I just... I mean, speaking of events, Iron Halo 2018, what was your base guidelines? Whatever the model came with in the package. There, we go. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of that, I got I got a couple honorable mentions. I don't know if you wanted. No, go ahead, no, dude, dude. Dude, it's yeah. your show too. Well, I just, well, you know, in all reality, you know, we had a great tournament. It wouldn't have really any hiccups. Uh, there's two people that I want to really, you know, they went above and beyond, and uh, kind of uh, were just awesome folks. Number one is uh, Aiden Barkley. Uh, yes, Aiden Barkley. So, this guy, round four, made it up to table number two. Uh, it was brought to our attention that he had some models that were converted that did not receive approval from us. Meaning, he didn't, see any, he, he didn't send us an email. He didn't call a judge over before the game, before the tournament started, to get approval on the email. He could have even called a judge over during game one to get approval from, the, approval from us. And uh, even the subsequent way, subsequent games, uh, but we had to go to him to get approval for converted models. This included a couple demon princes, Aramon, uh, and uh, some other other characters in his demon army. Long story short, we pulled his entire all all seven of those models because they were not approved. Number one and. Uh, and there were some of them were just not not converted very well. So when does this turn into the arm? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, no, just 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 listen, just listen. Okay. okay, this is where it gets really cool. Okay, so Aiden took it on the chin and said, "Yeah, you're right. I did not get approval for these models. I should have done that. Um, you know, next time I'll do better." I was like, "Okay, cool, man. That's awesome." So he goes, he's like, "Hey, I don't want to play. I'm just gonna go pack up and leave." And I said, "Okay." Fair enough. You know, we understand why you're doing it. We really, we're really sorry why that happened to you. But you know, I just want to let you know we had an issue last year with converted models, and you know, when we got called out last year about not doing anything about it, um, it was because the judges weren't told. You know, we're making a statement now, and yes, it sucks to be you, but you know, well, everybody's watching that stuff so closely. Exactly, and. I, I mean, I love Aiden's a great guy, but some of these converted models were—they were just like a helmet swap, and that's like, okay, if you would have told us before, we'd totally let you do that. All right. So anyway, he goes to leave. 
his opponent, um, the guy that won, Nick uh, Wise, Nick, Nick Wise uh, said, all right, well, how many points am I going to get? And I was like, well, this is technically, you know, uh, essentially a buy, so you're only going to get 21 points. He's like, what? Only 21 points? It's like, that's going to leave me out of the top table. It's like, I can't do anything. Your guy's leaving. Maybe if you catch him, he'll play a game. Nick runs out, finds Aiden, and, and uh, talks to Aiden and said, hey, you know, is there any way you can play this game out so I can try to make it to the top table? Aiden comes back in, plays a legit game, loses, obviously loses like 31 to 18. 35-18. Yeah. 35-18, but plays it out without those pulled models. I tell you what, I told Aiden, it's like, hey dude, I just want to let you know, number one, I appreciate you being very cool about the situation. I appreciate you understanding why we have this really hardline stance on converted models. And uh, I said, uh, you know, number two, I really, really appreciate you coming in and finishing this game with, uh, with, with Nick. 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 Thank you, with Nick. And he, he was like, dude, I, I know. I just I just want to – I'm really upset with myself because I didn't, you know, have the cur- – I didn't ask for permission on these converted models. Uh, and I said, dude, that's okay. What you did was like above and beyond what I think uh, a lot of 40K, 40K players would do. And I just want to say thank you for, for doing that. And I tell you what, if you stick around, you are basically – good things happen to people that are good sports. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't stick around. But but I just want to let Aiden, if you're listening, you totally would have earned that that best sport because you went above and beyond, even after getting your models pulled. And in my book, and I think a lot of these podcasters' book, that's that's the way to play 40k. Be awesome to each other, and I think he he did a great job with that. So I mean, it sucks to have that situation, but I mean, kudos to you, Aiden. So, and then the second thing is, uh, Pablo, I guess you can comment on this, but Aaron Alon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want me to take over? Well, I mean, I just want to let you, okay, I'm going to give a little background, and then I think Pop has been had more experience with Aaron, but uh, Aaron came to me like a week ago and said, hey man, I, I heard really great things to your tournament, I live four hours away, I'd love to come and attend. I was like, oh, we're sold out, so I don't know, maybe, you know, he kept badgering me and badgering me, and that's cool, he could do that. Uh, anyway, he said, hey, man, if I co- – like the, the couple days before, hey, I really want to go. If I show up, can I get a ticket? I said, well, I'll tell you what. We're our, we are going to set up one extra table. So if you meet me at On The Rock at 730, I can guarantee you a spot. He did just that. And I said – I also put out some stipulations before he came out there. I said, number one, you're going to play with a chess clock. Number two, uh, you're going to use our dice. And number three, if there's any issues with like judging, you know, first infraction's fine, second infraction, we're gonna most likely kick you out. And he's like, okay, I'm all cool with that. From the gist of things, I felt like he was trying to start his apology tour for all the shenanigans that he has done before. And so that was my perception. I did not judge his games, I wasn't on stream to watch anything. So I'm gonna let Petey Pop say, was I right? Or wrong. So, so before that, uh, just for those of you who are listening who might not know who Aaron Along is, uh, there's there's kind of a long and storied history of, of not just him, but of certain players in the 40k tournament community who kind of have bad reputations. Um, some are in some. Uh, it's, I'm not here to be a judge or to call anyone out on anything. Uh, Aaron Along is one of them. He he had a really bad ATC uh, outing. 
I'll say. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of problems, uh, not just with him, but with his team, his team, Team Happy. Um, you may or may not have heard of it. I suggest you just look up 40k ATC Team Happy controversy, something like that. You'll find it immediately, I'm sure. But Aaron, after that, about about a couple weeks after that, came out to me, uh, reached out to me, and asked me what he could do to change his reputation. You know, he really loves the 40k community. He really loves well, you know, playing 40k and, and hanging out with his friends and. and and he wants to get back to the community in some way, and he wants to kind of fix his image. So, I, I, you know, I gave him some advice. Uh, there had previously been one other person with a, a poor reputation, Joshua Death, uh, who has recently, over the past year, been really trying to fix his name. And, and I think Josh Death has been succeeding. Because a lot of people have been – this is a guy who's been kicked out of tournaments and told not to come back. And and there's – a lot of these tournaments are allowing him back. And I, I, I think that Josh Death – Josh Death's kind of um, – his comeback is kind of inspired Aaron to do the same. So come to the Iron Halo, uh, Jason won't stop talking about Aaron Elon when I get here. So I get here early. <laughs> I get here on Thursday, help Jason set up. And Jason the entire time is going, oh, man, Aaron Elon's coming. Like, I'm going to keep an eye on him. You know, we're not going to let any shenanigans happen. And I'm like, okay, okay, Jason. All right, let's see. We'll wait. We'll wait and see. I'm much nicer in person. <laughs> no, he so, isn't. No. <laughs> I think he is. Um, no, he and, keeps forgetting sponsors and what year. Thank you, Dave. Thank and you. so, so I talked to a couple of opponents. Uh, Dave, he's actually in the room. He's not on the podcast. Dave, you played Aaron Alon. Uh, out of one to a ten on sportsmanship, what would you rate him? I would give him a seven. A seven? Okay. And, and to be a hundred percent honest, I know a lot of you guys are thinking, "Oh, seven? Like, come on." Well, first off, a ten is the kind of guy that buys cigars to your opponent and just and, and <laughs> loses their game, like like a good, like Wait, a why good. Are you looking at me? Yeah. Why are you all looking at me? Like a good sport, right? Uh, let, let's be real here. A, a ten is unrealistic. Uh, a nine and eight is probably just a good, well-natured person, the best of the best. Aaron, self-admittedly. Is, is not one of those guys. He's still a very competitive guy. He's got a competitive edge. And a seven, I think, is really good. I think for someone who uh, who you're going to expect, you're not going to expect them to lay over and let you beat them. Um, so for someone like him, of his pedigree, a seven is good. I, I would say that that's exactly what he's shooting for because anything higher wouldn't be Aaron. It, w- it wouldn't be. So seven is great. Better than a one. <laughs> so thank you very much, by the way, Dave. Um so and I kind of got that kind of same vibe from all of his other opponents. So when he was on stream, played Sam Henley. Uh, both of these guys are very competitive guys. They have a good report, uh, and you guys can watch that. It was round four of the Iron Halo. I, I think that Aaron was was definitely too nice to Sam, and we talked about this. And I think Aaron gave Sam the game for being too nice, which is kind of a good thing. Um, he let Sam take back like three or four things. It was uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sam was like, "Oh, I forgot to cast some powers. I gotta gotta move and again." Aaron was like, "Do you mind if I move ahead. these guys?" And Pablo and I were looking at each other like, "Yeah, Man. yeah." <laughs> Brian was Brian. He turned me on point. He's like, "Pablo, would you let me?" Do that? I'd be like, "No way!" <laughs> <laughs> his thirds, you're, you're, you're telling me at the top table, a guy like Sam Henley is gonna forget to charge his captain, and I'm gonna let him? Like, no. Yeah, there was like three no, times yeah, Pablo man. and I looked at each other and we we're like, "God damn, no way, man!" <laughs> and, and Aaron really, really. really the point is, Aaron was really, really trying, and so round five, I, I got—I unfortunately I could not make the stream round five. I, I got called out. I got a very important phone call, but uh, I was looking through the top tables like I normally do. And if you ever go to a tournament, you see me, and I'm—I'm I'm not judging or working. I'm usually hanging around the top tables because that's why I love. That's why I thrive. 
Aaron, I was a judge here at Iron Hill. Aaron was playing a, a nice gentleman, nice young guy uh, named Richard, who played Tao. And they immediately there was salt. I saw it immediately. You could you could feel it from the room. So look at all the other judges. Like who's gonna who's gonna take this? Trent, Mike, Jason. I'm the I'm the guy on the spot. I'm like you know what? I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna watch this whole thing. I I want to be here in case Aaron messes up or in case Rich you know in case something goes wrong. I want to be the guy to be here. Um, so I watched the rest of the game and I quickly found out that Aaron was actually trying to be very calm and, and you know trying not to to do anything crazy. He was trying to act play with intent. And Richard was the guy just pulling out all the stops and being very very. I don't want to say disrespectful. He was being very, very strict and tense. He wasn't letting Aaron take anything back. I mean, he told me that. I was like, Richard used to be a team man of mine. I was like, Richard? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I found out where it came from. It was last night. I was talking to Richard. There's this, there's this infamous story I'm going to tell you guys. It's really great. I, I, I'm going to leave some details out to, to save face for some people. But basically, uh, I was at the LVO 2017. It was the the very the last bit of 7th edition. Aaron Leilong, the previous year, made the top 8 at the LVO. So he, was, he was a favorite to make the top 8 this year. He was 5-0. and He played Richard, this guy who, frankly, was a nobody, right? He's just some random young Tau player, right? Tau weren't very great. He just, his, Kansas. Yeah, he, he just got his... Kansas. <laughs> he just got his Piranha Spam there. For those of you guys who remember that, um, the, the drone... The drone factory. Yeah. Um, he was playing a tough list that year. He had it, Arvarnas, Yavarnas, yeah. he had a couple of strike teams, but, and he had a couple of super commanders. How do I know this? Because the round before he played Alon, he played me. <laughs> and, oh no, I was running hot garbage, double optimized stealth cadre. <laughs> All right, so I'll freely admit that I was running an asshole list. But, but he kicked my team in Richard Jordan, and he played smart, Richard is so a great he player. Is, he is. Richard is a good player, but Alon was running. Uh, a Dark Angels Battle Company with the Wolf Star. This is the nastiest list you could build back then. One of the nastiest lists you could build back then. He was really good with it. He was really good with it. This is Aaron Along. Like, I would say Aaron Along in his prime. Yeah. Um, so, Richard is, is beating Aaron, and I can see that, and, I'm, and I know Aaron. Aaron. This is about Aaron Along's reputation. I could already kind of knew about Aaron Along's reputation. Um, and I went over there, and I was like, I sat down immediately, and he saw me, and everyone was like, oh, he pops it. I gotta, I gotta slow it down. And and he kind of he kind of toned down a little bit, but he, Richard was just you know like doe eyed, like not doing anything, and Aaron was just basically uh, a borderline bullying Richard on some stuff, and Richard was just kind of taking it because I felt like Richard was kind of a younger and experienced player back then. Um, so so that happened. Richard ended up beating Aaron Allen, which was an, a huge upset back then. I I remember immediately going on stream and going like, oh my god, there was some <laughs> random nobody beat Aaron Allen. <laughs> Uh, fast call forward him a scrub, to that, right? right? I don't think I call him a scrub. I think I just call him someone. And, and, and Richard, and for those of you who might think I'm being a little mean, Richard agreed with me when I when I told him this story. He agreed. He was he was someone who had been playing a whole lot back then. So fast forward two years with Aaron Halo, and it's the the roles are reversed. You've got Aaron Halo, who's still a really good player. Richard is still a really good player. And Aaron's calm and, and, and relaxed and trying, just basically trying to to play an honest game. And Richard is being very, very intense, calling Aaron on various things, trying to pull gotcha moments, even though Aaron's like trying to clarify things. Um, and it all, ultimately, even though it was a tense game, got very salty. Uh, both players did step away from it, um, respecting each other and satisfied with the overall result uh, and with each other, which which is good. That's that's what you want. You, you you're always going to get some level of saltiness at the top tables as long as both players can walk away from it without grudges and everything's good, no hard feelings. You're great. 
Yeah, it was Richard, Richard Martin, Rosario, I'm, I'm, David's showing me on BCP right now. So afterwards, I talked to Richard, and Richard was like, I just don't want to be bullied. And Aaron talked afterwards. He's like, you know what? I, I understand where he's coming from because that was me two years ago. Like, literally. And I was like, oh, you have no idea. Because <laughs> Aaron didn't know that Richard Richard was the guy who took him out. He didn't home. remember. He didn't remember, right? Um, oh, but man. then when Richard explained it to him, it, it all made perfect sense. So it was just kind of this cool, complete circle uh, of, you know, this guy on this redemption trip and this this young this younger guy who who was kind of the opposite and how roles kind of got reversed. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I think both players grew a lot from it. Uh, Aaron and I had a really good heart-to-heart afterwards. Um, Aaron seems legit, and I, I'm just going to say it now on the Preferred Enemies podcast. Uh, I think Aaron is going to change, and I think if he comes to the LVO and he comes to other events, I would consider you know just hearing him out if you're the TO. Um, he's probably going to reach out to you if he wants to come to your event because he doesn't just want to show up and blindside people. Uh, but I would consider hearing him out. And this is a guy that I've known for years as as in the 40K community as someone with a bad reputation. Now, I'm going to put my own reputation out there and vouch for this guy. Aaron, don't let yeah. me down. <laughs> and I, I sat down with Aaron at launch, and we talked a little bit, and he said, uh, he said I really want to overcome this. He's like, Jason, and he laid out basically what Jason told me, and he's like, uh, I was even told I had to use somebody else's dice, and I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, that's cool, man. And he said something about, you know, do you have any suggestions you watch for play? And I said, you know, I said, all the things I've heard about you, I've never heard you're a bad player. I said, just go out there and be a good player and do what you're supposed to do, and you'll be just fine. And, and uh, so I, I, I don't know. I watched him play a couple games, watched him on stream play a game, and uh, today he played clean 40K, you know, and I, I think that's his intention from here on out. Hopefully it it stays there. And, so. and, he, and he didn't have a loss. He went 4-0 and 1, Yep, which, yeah. which is still really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's good that, like, if somebody's coming with honest intentions, that we, as a community, we can give them a second chance and give them a chance to redeem themselves. Because it's, it's really, really easy to pick up a bad reputation. Yep. It's hard, hard work to reverse it. Oh, yeah. But if somebody's really making the effort, and, and it's good that he's, like, reaching out to TOs and reaching out to people and saying, hey, I'm coming. And the fact that you put a whole list of stipulations in front of him, and he's like, okay, okay. You know, he, he went, you know, he didn't argue back about him saying, yeah, he was very cool about it, and um, he was, like, very accepting of the stipulations, you know. Uh, as Brian and I have talked about this countless times about, you know, if, if a certain player would come to your event, what would you do? And I never thought it would happen. <laughs> I just, like, I was like, yeah, that's, like, one of those fantasy things. Like, ah, it's never going to happen. And lo and behold, Aaron A. Long said, messaged our Facebook page and said, hey, I'd like to come to the Halo. And I was like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Let's go. Uh, and I, I am so happy and so proud to say I would invite Aaron Halon back to the Iron Halo again. I mean, from the attitude he gave us, you know, and... Uh, as long as he uses the dice, chess clock. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he signs up, bottom of the page, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and Jason is. Jason and I have talked about a lot. He's a lot different than I am. I'm... I'm, you know, he says he never gives up on anybody, and I like, I'm like, no, I'll never give up on you. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) We might give up on you, (laughs) but it's, uh, I don't know. It is. It kind of, it might have swayed me a little bit in Jason's direction as far as like giving second chances to people if if they're willing to try. You know, it's it's we're a diverse community. We're supposed to be an open community, and uh, if a guy's willing to go out there and get some redemption, you know, we might not stand in his way. Well, and and you also got to figure, you know, he knows. You know, Aaron knows that everybody's watching. You know, and not just like everybody's watching him. Like when he happens to be on a streamed game and he has to be like 
you know, you know, very careful. But the fact that he's on, you know, he's got to be careful on every single game because everybody is watching for him to, so, so they have some reason to, mm-hmm. which, you know, it, I mean, and that's part of the ATC, the whole ATC controversy too, is that everybody's looking for oh, yeah. something to, you know, looking for that infraction. I don't think that we should ever, unless a guy is just clearly not going to change his ways, right, should ever flush away a member of our community. We are all here as gentlemen generals here to play a game, throw some dice, drink some beverages, whether they be adults or not, and have fun. We all spend a lot of money on this. We travel a lot for this. Like, there's a very large crowd that does. There's an even larger crowd that kind of doesn't. But they still travel to their buddy's house, right, or to the local game store. They're throwing down serious bucks for snacks, you know, drinks, and new models, and talking about paint projects. And that's really what we're all here for. And that's what we should all strive for, right? And it took me a very long and a very painful lesson to learn that. And I think that's kind of where Aaron's at at this moment, right? He's at that moment where he's had that epiphany and has finally realized he needs to reach out to others and find out what it is that he can do to be better. And he's shown this weekend that he can execute that plan, that he can absolutely execute that plan and be that gentleman general that is, you know, expected by pretty much everybody. And I I look forward to seeing more of that from him. I really do. Amen. Right? And I want him to succeed at this. Because that means that if I can have my darkest day come back, so should everybody else have the chance to too. And if Aaron can bring it back, man, we should not we should not be turning people away. We should be trying to help our brothers. Yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and I can't think of a better note to end it on than that. I mean, seriously, that because we are all here to play games, have fun, enjoy each other's company. We're not here to ruin each other's days, and we're not here to ruin reputations. Speak for nope. yourself, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I forgot. I forgot I got monkeys on the other side. Uh, uh, no, no, no. They can't talk about this. They're Sacco twice now. Oh, oh, their own award, and they've got it twice. Oh, so maybe we need to call out the Renegades, huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We need to cover the Sacco. By the way, flying monkeys, double Saccos. We should challenge preferred enemies next year. That's seems- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rob, if we lose uh, that one, I'll I quit. Be with you next year. <laughs> <laughs> you stay home, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Dennis is going to stay home. I'm going to no. throw in with okay. Dennis. We have like that. Dennis, Dennis Clay and Ari, we're good at this too, man. Like that Rick Flair retirement I'll throw match. Preferred <laughs> preferred <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to take on anybody Ooh, else who's been on the podcast. Three agents. Preferred enemies all-stars team. Yeah. I'll get my buddy Jeff and Reese to come on. Oh! Chap attack. And we can like have like a chap so because with the preferred enemies all stars. Alright, I will arrange it. Just let me know. Alright. Oh, oh, man. So on that, thank you for setting up the Iron Halo. We thank all have a great time. This has been the fourth year, and yeah. we we've been coming all four years, and we've loved it every single time. Yes. I, I want to thank every one of our participants, everyone uh, that has taken taken part of the Iron Halo in its long history. And uh, we're really excited for the fifth year, and we have so many more plans to come. You know, always check us out on our Facebook page, um, Iron Halo GT, and our website, IronHalo.org, for all those details, all those to come. And, and not just the GT, but Jason and I outside of the GT are going to stream games. So on Twitch, pay attention to Iron Halo TV. Uh, there'll when, be other when's events. our next game? We got Renegade. We'll be up there with Dave in uh, yeah. Minnesota. And... Uh, 
think uh, 17 and 18. So, uh, 16, 17, and 18. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jason, We're actually full three-day convention this yeah. year. Jason and I will be up there uh, shoutcasting games on Twitch. With Mr. David Quirk of yes. Mini Wargaming. There we go. So I didn't know if that was public info yet or not. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, so uh, <laughs> one of our hype men, uh, Jacob Lindfors, actually traveled to Canada to go play it with David Quirk on his stream playing our missions. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Gonna be running as well. yeah, we will definitely be representing. Absolutely. Yeah. So we look forward to that. But like I said, go pay attention to Iron Halo TV on Twitch. Uh, Jason and I are doing stuff outside of the GT, so it's a good way to track some of the popular games of the Midwest. Uh, you pretty much got a lot of the Midwest scene represented here right now. Yeah. Um, so all, all three of us run three of the, probably the bigger tournaments in the Midwest region. Yeah. So yep. uh, it's, a, it's a good way to get all the games streamed at all the different events. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing that, more out of that. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I did have fun. Shoutcast with Pablo all weekend. I had a blast, man. I love shoutcasting. This is... I, I, first off, Jason, thank you very much for letting... For asking me to shoutcast. Uh, it's, it's, I know I, I'm on a podcast and I've been on Twitch, I've been in battle reports and all that stuff, but shoutcasting is uh, an honor I've never had the pleasure of, of being a part of and uh, with Bam Bam it was a great first time and I hope if you guys are a TO and you guys want a shoutcaster uh, come talk to me if you liked what I did or you know if you want me to say something. If you didn't like what I did and you think I can improve, I don't care. Uh, but I do like shoutcasting. It's a lot of fun. Now, Iron Halo is a great event. I, I had a lot of fun. This is this is only my second year being here. I didn't get to come the first couple of years, but it's I, I'm going to make it every year I can. Now this is this is one of my favorite events. I, I lost my sports not, points first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't here. I, I'm actually a little upset I wasn't here to see Gary Busey. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing Bam Bam in first year. But, uh, he did play. I did I play you. Yeah. How can you forget? We had a good game. Oh, we, we played too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I beat you. Yes, you did. <laughs> but I beat him. You just did beat him. Yes. That's like no way. Yeah. It was like my third game of seventh edition. No. Yes. no. Oh my god. You heard it oh. here. Dennis actually can win games. <laughs> oh no no no! It was my third game of seventh edition. <laughs> oh, so you were saying you were a seal? Yes. yes. Dennis got the club of baby seal. So. <laughs> hey, hey, but not forget, you? Dennis did lose to a child yesterday. Oh. <laughs> that just shows that all ages can play this game and play this game well. That's right. Because we are all so competitive. All ages can play this at game at every age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's right. Oh, good God. So, so actually, Jason, I will take home the spoon with honor. Excellent, excellent. And yep. Brian, if anybody wanted to listen about your your Gary Busey moment, how would they be able to do uh, that? Flying Monkeys Wargaming Pod. What episode? Uh, you know what? All the earlier episodes are off. You have to be a, a Patreon subscriber to get a hold of those oh, now. That is cheesy. It's, hey, it is what it is. Oh my god. I'm I got a strippers and cocaine to pick. <laughs> <laughs> you lock your stuff behind a paywall? Not all of it. Okay. <laughs> 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 so if you want to listen to a podcast that doesn't beg its listeners, uh, check out Chapter Tactics over yeah. at Frontline Games. Chapter Tactics is great. It's called basically the I'm a Friend of Reese's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called, the very first episode is me riding his tailcoat into, into fame. I think I'm really good at his tailcoat, but it's yeah, cool. Yeah, but all joking aside, go to FrontlineGame.org if you want to listen to a 40K Tactics podcast that focuses on competitive 40k at all levels of the game and then 
while you're at it, you should definitely support the Flying Monkey Wargaming Podcast and Preferred Enemies. There you go. Those guys put tons of work in. I said this last year. I'm going to say it this year. Rob does so much more editing than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Rob and Bam Bam deserve those patrons more than you guys asking me to start a Patreon for my podcast. Yeah. So go there. Support them. If, you, if, you, if you've been thinking about it, if you listen to Preferred Enemies, just do it. Do it now. What what Rob does for community is is what basically what we need. We need more pillars of the community. We need leaders like Rob, like Dennis, like Brian. So go to go to Preferred Enemy and go to your Patreon support. If you're thinking about it, do it. Do it now. Yeah. Thank you, Pablo. All kidding aside, everybody at this table, I'm glad to know you guys. I'm honored to call you guys friends, even Pablo. Absolutely. That's right. Maybe not Jason right now. Jason oh, Horn. Yeah. Not Jason right Jason now. Horn, give me two weeks and I'll yeah. think about it again. So. He's still in a doghouse. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even know what year it is. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and on that note, guys, yeah. I think I know Dennis and I have to get on the road if we're going to get home by oh, midnight. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got to get on the road, too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, thank you all for listening. Yeah. So, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, Renegade Open, Flying Monkeys, Chapter Tactics, and the Iron Halo. Good night, good gaming, and come to the Iron Halo 2019 because it's going to be just as awesome, if not more so, than the 2018. Absolutely. And make sure you stop by the Renegade Open Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. They're professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a GameMat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, 
Just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding G-board portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. <laughs> 